Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. With the powerful combination of Michelin X1 tires and the Michelin Energy Guard aerodynamic solution on your truck, you can save 17 gallons every 1,000 miles. Go to business.michelinman.com slash fuel saver for details. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of the Hawks Talks podcast, an Atlanta Hawks pod- podcast hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. I am one of the co-hosts of the podcast, Jackson Redmond, joined as always by my great co-host, Logan Barnes. Logan, how are you doing tonight? I'm getting a nice adjective every every podcast, I appreciate that. No, I've uh, I've tried to spice up the intro. Actually, this one I was considering opening up by saying one of the worst NBA team podcasts, but I, I decided not to do that. Um, we're recording this about eh, 30-ish minutes after the Hawks lost to the Jazz. Um, short summary, because we will be, of course, breaking it down as usual and going more in depth. Hawks lost 116-92. to pretty, pretty, pretty frustrating game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I would say. Um, I'm pretty sure you also agree, Logan, but uh, yeah. We do have some quick Hawks news to go over first. Um, today, Onyeka Kongwu made his NBA debut, which is which was originally scheduled for the Phoenix Suns game, which was postponed. That's why there's no podcast, because there, uh, there, there was no game to podcast about. Um, he made his debut tonight. Just wanted to make that apparent, because it's just nice to see our sixth pick play. So, congrats to him. You know, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we didn't have to see Bruno tonight, so that was good. I, I mean, it was only a matter of time until one of... Wait, did we? He played. Oh, I did not see the minutes where he played. He played garbage time, but he did play. Okay. Yeah, I did not see that. But, um, yeah, uh, just to quickly touch on the game. Obviously, by the score, you can probably pretty much tell how this game went. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bad on both sides of the ball for the Hawks. With the exception of a few players. But, uh, yeah, Logan, your thoughts on uh, tonight's game? Uh, I mean, they, uh, it, this wasn't good. The offense is still all over, like all over order. The defense was not good. I mean, the Jazz had way too many open shots. But, again, like, if you're the Atlanta Hawks and you score, how many points did we score today? Like, sub 100 points? Then the, the loss is on the offense. Because, I'm sorry, this team is built to win games with its offense. And if it's scoring 92 points, you're never going to win games. So, yeah, the defense was not good, but I think, again, a consistent theme with the four-game losing streak, um, the offense was the main concern for me today, again. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty frustrating game. Kind of sucked watching, frankly. It was not fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah this was, I don't know, it's just um, a very frustrating game because, you know, obviously the team starts out very, very bad, you know. They, they started off, you know, the Jazz were hitting their threes very early on. Um, they actually started out on a 19-6 to was their biggest lead to start out, which, I mean, that pretty much just shows how this game was going. I mean, when a team's starting out that hot, it's going to be hard to come back and win. The Hawks did eventually close the gap, though. In the uh, third quarter, they went on a 11-0 run to start the third, and they actually had the game within four points, but the Jazz from there on out were in complete control. I would say, I mean, obviously Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, I mean, they just kind of all went off. I mean, then you have guys like, 
Ani, and then you have guys like George Niang who are just like shooting really well. I mean, there was it was a rough night for the Hawks. Um, offense, like you were saying, wasn't there whatsoever. I mean, you know, just a quick look at the box score. Um, you know, there's it's time we talk about Trey. I mean, one for eleven from the field. I mean, just uh, I would by all accounts say this is a terrible Trey game. We've gotten to the point where that's becoming a pretty common theme this year, sadly, but. Yeah, this one was a bit worse than usual. Um, the defense, obviously not there with Trey, but it was just all bad for him. He he got sunned by Donovan Mitchell, so, yeah, not the best. Yeah, I mean, truly, there there is the only positive to this game is, one, Reddish looked good on offense. Like Reddish looked amazing. Legit. Like I feel like saying he looked good is kind of underselling it because legitimately, like, best player on the floor tonight for us. Yeah, and then Hunter had a good offensive quarter, and then we kind of stopped going to him, which was Lloyd immediately put him on the bench after he got like eight or ten points in the second quarter, and then Lloyd, I guess, needed to rest him and never really got it going again. And then Capella, I think, had one solid quarter. Besides, Capella that, was eight to nine from the field, but yeah, Capella offensively was doing pretty good. But in that first quarter, Gobert was kind of putting him through hell. Um, yeah, but besides that. And I guess Okongu, like, you, you can be generally pretty pleased with what you saw from him. Nothing super special. Nothing. That great. pullback dunk he had was, like, amazing. Like, when he did that, I was like, holy shit, that was nice. Yeah, no, it was, it was nice. It just sort of showed his sort of springiness, how quickly he'll just go up and get it. I thought his defense looked pretty, considering he's rookie playing his first game against a, a very big team, especially in the front court with Gobert and Derek Favors. Like, <laughs> that's not a very easy matchup for a rookie that's, like, 6'9", 6'10". He, he looked okay on defense. He got out to the perimeter a few times. One time, Donovan Mitchell just straight up shot over him. I don't think it was bad defense. I think that was just Donovan Mitchell being Donovan Mitchell. And we should say we're going to be praising Donovan Mitchell a lot. And, like, a lot of it is deserved. He was playing out of his mind tonight. Like, not even the normal Donovan Mitchell stuff where he's just driving to the lane and, you know, throwing down, like, crazy dunks or, you know, making really acrobatic layups. He was straight up just a, a flame slinger from deep. Um he was ten of he was six of ten from three, so that pretty much just shows you that uh he was kind of unstoppable. And a lot of the, and it's not like those shots were easy. I think about three of those were from thirty plus feet. One, or of, one of them was it. like as the shot clock was expiring, he had to take something off balance. I think he had, I don't remember if it was Cam or maybe Hunter, like in his face, and like you could just tell off the hand. You're like, oh damn it, that's going in. Like why the hell is that going in? He had no space. He had no time left on the shot clock, and he just threw it up and it went right in. So it was one of those nights for Donovan. Um, he was cooking. I mean, the Jazz team as a whole is cooking. They they're they've sort of had like a shooting renaissance. They take a crap load of threes. I think they average making sixteen a game, which is sort of crazy. Um, and that theme continued for them. And the Hawks defense just kind of focused too much on helping. Like there's just more of that overhelping that like I feel like we really saw sort of in the preseason against the Grizzlies. And just like that, those preseason games against Grizzlies, the the Jazz got a bunch of wide wide open looks from three, and they did not miss them really. Whereas the Hawks did the exact opposite; they got some decent looks from three, and they Cam Reddish was the only guy that hit a three until about a minute and a half left in the game when when Tony Snell finally, finally graced us with his presence and hit a three. So yeah, I probably should mention looking at the box score, the Hawks were uh. Uh, 17.9% from three tonight. That's five for 28. And, uh, yeah, only one guy shot well from three. That was Cam Reddish, who was four or five. So, uh, 
you know, hey, round of applause because whoa, that was that was pretty terrible to be in twenty twenty one and see an NBA team shoot that bad from three is something you're not going to see very much. I hope I hope that doesn't become a common theme, but. It's, yeah, already, I, it's I already become a common theme. That's that's the reason why we've lost five out of six games, I'd say. Bottom line yeah. <laughs> is, one, Trey Young has not been Trey Young, and two, nobody's making threes. So it's just – or what will happen is every single game there will be one guy who shoots well from three, and then everyone else is ice cold. Like tonight it was it was Reddish who shot really well from three. He, they, they, some of those shots weren't even uh, wide open, like catch and shoot. Some of them were sort of – he had a defender in his face, and he still just took him and made it. And then, yeah, and then there are open looks where nobody can make a shot. Trey, of course, made another game without making a three. Herder didn't shoot well. Um, Hunter didn't take many threes. I mean, really, I'd say the majority of the offense, at least for the first half, maybe two and a half quarters, the Hawks were really focused on getting to the paint. Um, the Hawks, I'm, I don't know the final number, but I know early on they were leading the Jazz um, in points in the paint by a sizable margin, which you wouldn't really expect with you know the jazz person now but yeah it, it was uh it was frustrating the offense was just not working at, like at all and the most frustrating part was there were sometimes the hawks got right back into the game with a really good run and then they would just instantly give it right back um yeah like the like, beginning of the th- the third quarter yeah the hawks Th- got that was within, like a prime example they got within four points and you're like oh crap this is a game like if trey young just sort of calms down and just hits some shots and we could win this and then the Jazz instantly went on. I think to end the second or the third quarter into the fourth quarter, it was like a twenty-one to nothing run, and then it became a twenty-four to two run. And at that point, it's like, yeah, all right, well, we're going, we're going on to five and six. So, yeah, I don't. It was, it was just a bad game. I don't know how to put it. Like, good for Cam and good for Okongu, but besides that, man, there's really not a lot of positive to take away in my eyes. No, there was. There's not a lot of positives. Um. Obviously, you know, we're just breaking down stuff. Uh, hate to say it, Logan, but sadly, my uh, five-game win streak did not come to fruition. I'm currently sitting at 0-1-1. and one. Uh, That's zero wins, one loss, and one postponement. Um, so I, I guess I'll hold my L on that. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought we'd play Phoenix. I thought that'd jumpstart things again, but obviously it did not. Luckily, the good news is for the Hawks is that they get to do it again. Tomorrow, but uh, it doesn't get easier. It's against the Portland Trailblazers, who are going to be missing Yusuf Nurkic. But, of course, I mean, if you're going to talk about the Blazers, you kind of have to talk about that backcourt duo of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So, that'll be fun to watch Hawks deal with. I actually kind of think the matchups in the, for the Hawks on defense are kind of interesting. I would lean Cam on Damian Lillard. Would you? Um, It'll be interesting to see because with Kyrie, they put Hunter on him. and uh, Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was asking. Hunter, Hunter... Hunter, Jesus. Hunter kind of held his ground. Um, now, Dame and Kyrie are just different players, but, you know, I mean, I think it'd be, I think, I think I'd honestly put Cam on CJ. Okay. And just try to completely, because CJ's been playing extremely well this season. So I, I just try and get him about as, you know, uncomfortable and out of sync as you can. And then Dame will be Dame. Like, Dame could either pop off for 47 points and just hit eight threes on us, or he could kind of struggle. Um, I think McCollum's a lot more of the X factor, especially this. I mean, Dame is, or excuse me, CJ is averaging 26.6 or 27.6 points per game this season, which is pretty insane. So I, I do think I'd put CJ on 
or excuse me, uh, Cam on CJ. But you know, we'll have to see. It will be the the good news is that we definitely have the uh, advantage in the front court tomorrow with Nurkic out, and then and as Cantor <laughs> really is uh, the Blazers' best center. So Okongwu and uh, Capella should take advantage of that. But I guess we'll have to see. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, de- definitely tomorrow's going to be like a game I never thought I'd say this year, This year, and uh, very surprising that I'm saying this, but I think we should kind of try to run the offense through whoever's playing big man, which uh, even kind of extends to our third string center, Bruno Fernando. Sorry, I uh, got a bit choked up saying that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tomorrow will be an interesting game. I think the matchups are fun. I think we match up against the Trailblazers very well, but I also think it goes, I th- it's one of those things that goes vice versa. Because for every strength we have over the Blazers, they have one over us. And it's also important because we're watching Trey versus Damian Lillard, which means we're watching uh, one of the best guards in the league in Damian Lillard. And uh, somebody who's not even playing at G League level quality right now in Trey Young. Yeah, I will, I will say for that game, definitely want to see Hunter get the ball a good bit. Because he has, the, like, if you get CJ guarding Hunter, like, Hunter needs to be getting looks. You know what I mean? If you get that switch or, you know, whatever they're defending. Because. The Blazers don't really have good defense. I mean, they have Covington, who's a solid player, but he's really not an on-ball defensive stopper. He's just sort of like an off-ball defensive playmaker. So, I don't know. I, I, hopefully, we can take advantage of the lack of size in the backcourt. Or, the yeah, the backcourt, sorry, for the for the Blazers. But we'll have to see, man. I don't know. I, uh, this, is, this is one of those games where I want some uh, Cam Reddish pick-and-rolls. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him rolling to. I'd like to see Capella rolling to the basket with Cam as the uh, ball handler in that situation. Um, I'm kind of talking myself out of Trey doing stuff because I, I feel like if you look at just Trey's box score, it kind of undersells how bad he was tonight. Because like it wasn't just like he took a bunch of dumb shots and was missing. Like he legitimately looked off on all of his shots. There was a mid range in like the third or the fourth. I remember where like he completely just like his shot looked so weird and he just like missed it so bad. I was kind of like Trey's not in it. And then he also missed a few layups, and I was like, yeah, that's going to be one of those nights. His floater is still broken. It is. It's very concerning because that really was his money shot last year. Yeah, it's like last year we were people were talking about, oh, Trey is the, one of the best floaters in the league. Or people were even saying, hey, Trey is the best floater in the league just out of everyone. And flash forward this year, it's like he can't buy one. It's like there was that stat that he was shooting like 30%. I'm sure it's lower now because like the past few games, it hasn't come back. And like tonight, it definitely wasn't there. So, overall, very tr- tough game from Trey. Uh, he's not been playing very well recently whatsoever. Um, defense, obviously, was bad the, tonight. The, the funny thing is that Trey Young, the first couple games he was scoring, but the turnovers are bad. Now he's got the turnovers more under control, but now he can't, like, score. So, it's, <laughs> we, we haven't been able to get many complete games from Trey offensively. Like, you never expect him to have a great two-way game. Like, straight up, you just don't expect that. But he hasn't even had a very complete offensive game since that. I'd say since the Grizzlies game. So, it's been tough, man. He needs to figure it out pretty soon because... Grayson Allen is in his head still. I don't know what it is, man. I like. I don't want to... I, like, even like when he was going through that November slump his rookie year, you remember that. I'm sure everyone does. Legitimately just a terrible basketball player at that time. He's worse than that now... And from somebody who was a starting All Star last last year, it's insane to me. It's it's like like the downfall of him from like even when the season ended, like when the shutdown happened, to now once again, just like crazy to me. It's yeah, I don't know, man. It's I, I'm not even gonna. I don't think it's a shutdown because I'm, I'm sure Trey was working on. Well, his. he was 100 percent putting in work because remember all those videos of him playing at like packed crowds in Oklahoma at gyms with like. 
hundreds of people in the stands, and you're like, eh, they're not the best for COVID. God bless them, right? I don't know. I, I don't want to be lazy and be like, oh, Steve Nash broke him. <laughs> you know, because I don't... I generally do think that kind of affected oh, him, though. Oh, Steve Nash genu- like, genuinely changed how referees look at Trey. It's awful. He doesn't get any calls now. Um, I will say defense is wised up, and they don't, like, guard him from behind anymore. Like, so Trey can't do this sort of stop and pop thing to draw the fouls. Defenders don't uh, bite into that anymore. But even when Trey goes to the lane, he, like... He can't buy a call. There was a there was a call today where he sort of did the cheesy like, um, like three point foul bait type deal, and it was definitely a shot. And they like they didn't give him free throws, so it's just very weird. Steve, I don't think it's necessarily in Trey's head, but Steve Nash definitely changed how the referees, at least for right now, are viewing Trey, which is not good because all the best offensive players in the league that's that's a vital part of their arsenal is getting to the line and. Frankly, at this point, Trey needs all the free points he can get because that dude cannot buy a shot elsewhere <laughs> right now. So, yeah, it's I don't know. It's just been kind of hard to watch Trey the past few games, and like, it, it's just concerning. It's like I I think everybody who like is a Hawks fan, you like Trey. Everybody loves Trey, and just seeing him like this is kind of disappointing because like this past off season. I've hyped Trey up. You've hyped Trey up. Every Hawks fan's hyped Trey up, and to this year, like you can count. You could have two of your fingers amputated and count on one hand how many ga- good games he's had. So, Jeez. yeah. I mean, it's just bad. Like, it sucks. And, like, it's definitely something they need to get figured out. But I also think a bit of it is effort. Like, the body language is still bad. The effort's not there on defense. And, frankly, it's not there on offense anymore. His body language is just piss poor. So, it's just disappointing because you. we all know Trey's potential. We saw Trey's potential last year. He can be such a good player in this league. He can be one of the best players in this league, like he was last year. But, when it, when his head's not in it, his focus isn't in it, his effort isn't in it, and you know, he has the bad body language. He he doesn't look like he's having fun. He doesn't look like he enjoys playing basketball. He, he's just so bad on the court that, like, it's kind of hard to warrant being, like, playing him sometimes. Because, like, we already know his defensive struggles. Now, think about him hurting you on offense combine that with how much he hurts you on defense just at being as a player and when you get to that point it's kind of hard to sit there and defend him it's just what i'm trying to say it's bad he, he has to figure some i mean he he looks good against the sixers and i'm, I'm not even going to hold the uh you know hold sixers had their g league playing against this basically i'm not even going to hold that against Trey because even with like even without that trail looked good like he was hitting his shots he was just working the offense it was in motion it, it looked good and then it's like all of a sudden he he snapped back into that slump and it's just very I don't know man it, it's very clear that when Trey is bad the offense is bad which is definitely not what we wanted this season we wanted the offense to be able to evolve beyond Trey but with everyone hurt and frankly you know we even with Bogdanovich I don't know if he's really the secondary creator type or at least not a very high level one so it's just one of those things where it's like yeah we still are really dependent on Trey and Trey's does not playing well at all right now. So I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Very disappointing. I guess we'll go ahead and uh, I think that's enough. You know, talking about Trey. You know, just well, not even really talking about him. Just kind of shitting on him. Well, which it deserved. To uh, yeah, we can go ahead and do everyone's favorite uh box score check. But first, Logan, we have to do something. I will say one 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 last little thing before we uh, do that one thing that you're referring to. Oh yeah. There's a legitimate picture, which obviously this podcast I can't share the picture with the uh, listeners, but there's a picture. Um, so this is right in the midst of the Jazz going on their 21 and 0 run, 
so they're starting to pull away. The game is very clearly getting out of reach. And you have the entire Hawks team sort of huddled up, kind of sitting close by next to coaches. Got, looks like, like about 10 players kind of all huddled around. And then behind them, completely out of the conversation, is Trey just sitting there. So, you know, that that's fun. That's always what you like to see your franchise player doing, you know, just sort of pouting. Um, completely disengaged. So that's always fun. I like how one of the comments on that post is, I too act like a, jo- a childish little twat when I play like complete garbage. Good God. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Oh, but yeah, with that being said, before we dive into our box score breakdown, we're going to be taking an ad break hosted by Spreaker. Thank you to Spreaker for allowing us to play these ads, and we'll be right back after these quick messages. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. And we're back. Thank you to Spreaker for allowing us to play those ads. Of course, if you want to make your very own podcast, go to Spreaker.com where you can start today for free with the option of add-on plans. Thank you to Spreaker as always. Yeah, I know. You know, Spreaker, you know, they do a lot for us. I want the kind of shout out. First player we're going to be going over is, of course, our plus-minus god, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter played 28 minutes. He scored 14 points with 6 of 13 from the field, 0 of 3 from the three-point lines, 2 of 2 from the three-throw line. He had two rebounds, one assist, and one turnover, and he was negative 23. I mean, that negative 23 kind of over-exaggerates how bad he was because he wasn't very bad, to be honest. Like, he was pretty good. There was that stretch you were talking about earlier, the one where he scored like 8, 10 points. And during that, I was like, wow, Hunter's playing really well. We're kind of running the offense through him. We're kind of – we're doing all the right stuff right now. Hunter looks good. He's playing well. He, he He's in control of the game. And then Lloyd subbed him out. So that was very unfortunate. It was, it was but, weird, uh, for sure. He very did look good time. tonight. There was one of his shots where he, like, kind of drove in. I think it was Ani on him. And he, uh, like, bodied Ani down a bit to get Gobert to go back to Capella, or he would have passed it to Capella, and then he got an easy shot up. You know, that's that's a that's a bit of a bigger guy versus a smaller guy, and that's obviously stuff you like to see from Hunter is him using that size. So, yeah, that was good to see. Overall, a very, I'd say an above-average game from Hunter. I mean, obviously, wish he would have continued that success he had where he scored those eight straight points, but he didn't. And, yeah. The what? I mean, he, uh, you know, it happens. I mean, you know, Lloyd shits in the sub them. Then like, I'll say it. It's more of the same. I might hear the really. shit on Lloyd like, all the he's time. Still looking good. He was for sure not the issue tonight, at all. Really. Um, no. Of course, it would have been nice if some of those three pointers went down, but literally nobody's hitting threes. So. Yeah, you know, just just very unfortunate stuff. Um, I guess the next. Oh, do you have anything else you want to say about Hunter? I mean, his uh, his offense. I'd say like. Pretty much from the free throw line down is is a lot better. Is a lot better than it was last year. So that's good to see. Like he's hitting floaters now. He's getting to the paint. He's hitting little middies. His offense has legitimately improved since last year. Like last year he was like a catch and shoot thing, but now he's like legitimately um, shot creating. It's just so nice. Yeah, he's a taken the leap, so to speak. But yeah, uh, uh, we got up next? next is going to be uh, John Collins. He played 26 minutes, had 13 points, was 5 of 11 from the field, 0 of 3 from the three. 
three or four from the three throw line. He had four rebounds, two assists, two steals, and two turnovers. He was negative 13 in the plus minus department. Wasn't very impressed with what I saw from John tonight. Um, obviously, last game he only shot threes. They all went in, and then tonight he was over three. So that just kind of shows like how John will never be that stretch four type of player that people try and make him out to be sometimes because he's just not a shooter like that. Like, obviously, he can shoot, and I think we're at a point in John's career where we can be like, yeah, John can shoot, and he can shoot good, he can shoot confidently, he can shoot with consistency, but John's also not someone who can just just shoot. So, yeah, it wasn't a bad game from John. I was kind of disappointed on a few of his post-up attempts. He should have tried the body down a bit more because he had, like, smaller guys on him. Like, one of them was Conley. He still scored on this possession, but he ended up having to take, like, a five-foot hook shot versus what should have been just like a very easy back down layup so but overall I mean a bit of what you expect from John um the defense was there so you really can't complain about John tonight it's just that in a game where the Hawks lost by 24 points it's going to take more than guys like Hunter and Collins being average to above average for you to win frankly yeah and I get it it's not an easy matchup for John because again the um Jazz have a really big front court but you know it's just not it was just nothing special from John, and, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't want to speak in too, uh, I don't know, generalize too much, but, like, really, he's had one great game this season, and the rest of them, it's like, bro, you turned on 90 million, and this is how you're going to come out here? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, you know, we'll see how he goes over the course of the season. It just, I don't know, He like like you were talking about, he, he had some post-ups and, like, some... Uh, sort of mid-range attempts that just looked very ugly. One of them went in not because it was, like, a good possession by him, just because he was able to sort of finish, luckily. I don't know, man. It it was weird. John certainly was not the problem tonight, but he was nothing special. So, yeah. Yeah. And just, like, back to what I was saying, like, I was kind of pointing out that, like, in a night where you lose by 24 points, you need – you know, you need better performances all around from the team than just Collins and Hunter being average to above average. Obviously, you know, if they even make like 30 or 40% of those threes, it's a very different game. So, obviously, the three point, mm-hmm. three point just wasn't there for either of them. Wasn't there for most of the team. The person I was only really there for was uh, Cam Reddish. But that's who we're actually going to be talking about next. Nice little segue by me there. Cam played 28 minutes. He had 20 points. He was 8 of 13 from the field, 4 of 5 from the three point line. Did not take any three throws. Had five rebounds, one steal, zero blocks, and three turnovers. And uh, plus minus. This is really going to show you why you shouldn't just use plus minus to judge and evaluate players. Cam, who was by far our best offensive player tonight and had some good defense, was negative 34 in the plus minus department. So that just uh, that, that's just kind of funny. But Cam was very good tonight. Obviously, you know, if you're somebody's high on Cam like me and Logan are, this was very good to see from him. You know, he's had some bad shooting games lately. But recently, the past few games, he's definitely been on the upswing. So, proud of Cam. He looked great tonight. This is what, like, Cam's ceiling should be around. So, very happy with how he played. And, yeah, Logan, your thoughts on Cam? It was just good to see uh, him hit some jump shots. You know, it, it uh, hasn't been it hasn't been the best for him so far this season. He's had some struggles, but, you know, he's never going to, or at least certainly not this season, he was never going to be, like, an elite three-point shooter, but... You know, if he can just stick around 35%, you're pretty uh, happy with that. And, yeah, this, this is just a good game from him. He, he, he makes me so happy. Really nothing. He, 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 he had that one nice uh, nice dunk. It was pretty nice. And then, like I said earlier, like he was taking some pretty contested jumpers. And pretty much everything was falling for him. So, you know, he was really the only player that you can say, like, looked 
consistently good on offense. Because Hunter, he had one great quarter, but besides that, I don't know. We just sort of stopped going to him. So, yeah, I uh, I guess. I guess. Oh, Capella. Yeah, Capella played nice tonight. Capella played 27 minutes, had 16 points, was 8 of 9 from the field, which is impressive, and then you realize he's a center. But he wasn't going up against Rudy Gobert, one of the better ones in the league, so and probably the best defensive center in the league. So actually a very impressive game on offense from Clint. He had 11 rebounds and 3 fouls, nothing else, no blocks, no turnovers. He was negative 19 in the plus-minus department. Um, once again, one of those guys like John and Hunter and Reddish were, you can't use that stat to determine guys because he was pretty good. The only bad starter in my eyes tonight was uh, Trey Young, so... Yeah, Capella played well. I thought he did good in the Rudy Gobert matchup. Obviously didn't. A lot of people this offseason, I think Kyle was talking about this, how like Clint had like a really good postseason series against Rudy. Wasn't really there tonight. Rudy definitely outplayed him. And I just want to ask you, Logan, real quick. Clint's definitely not overpowered, and he's definitely not out-physicaled or out-hustled like by guys like Rudy. But do you ever kind of like, is it just me, or do I just have some weird hatred to where I see it? But there's like, it, and at times, does it seem like Clint just gets like, overpowered by some guys like am i tripping on that or do you notice that too i'm pretty sure rudy just straight up grabbed a rebound like at capella's shoulder level like just one hand just grabbed it i don't know and capella had one rebound that he could have grabbed but he like butterfingers it and it just went i think straight to jordan clarkson or something i don't know it was it was a solid game for him there were certainly some moments where gobert was giving him trouble but i don't know it's uh you know is it's one is it, it, Capella's just kind of he's kind of a weird player. I don't think he's really at where he was in Houston, and I don't know if he ever is going to be. So, just sort of uh, just sort of gonna enjoy his rebounding, appreciate his rebounding, because guys like John are not uh, getting ten rebounds a game anymore. So, definitely good to have Clint grabbing double digit rebounds pretty much every game, but. You know, besides besides rebounding and dunks, it's just he, he he's kind of just a weird player. I don't know how else to put it. Um, again, should probably give him to at least mid season before really really evaluating how he looks for us. But you know, kind of mixed mixed reviews for him so far. It's yeah. I mean, it just kind of just like how much do you think? Um, just a bit a bit of a sidetracking on this. How much do you think Clint's uh injury like the like long term effect from it affect him in the player he is now in the player he was in Houston? I don't think it's super detrimental, but it definitely is sort of just affecting his explosiveness. Because that was his his thing, um, was that he had good size, good wingspan, but that that's what made him pretty special, was that he was fast for his size. And you only see that in, like, r- uh, rare spurts for us right now. Um, like, he, he had a spurt today where he ran hard to the rim and Stray found him and he got an easy bucket. And, like, stuff like that's like, okay, so that that's sort of the... Capella athleticism that we were hoping to get, but you don't really get it consistently right now. You just sort of get it in uh, small spurts. And, you know, if Capella really wants to, I should say, for the Hawks to sort of get the most out of Capella, he has to find how to consistently have that athleticism because we definitely need it more than just the occasional spurt where he can get a dunk because, I mean, yeah, he's just, you know. Like I said, it's been a mixed reviews for him. He's just been inconsistent, which I get. He's coming back from a long layoff and some injuries, but at some point, you you want to see a veteran sort of cons- play consistently well, and just no, hasn't it hasn't. Yet. It's a, uh, it's. I mean, nope. 
I don't even know if we. I don't even know if we need. Yeah, we already kind of roasted him. You know what? He he he, he kind of got touched up. You know, he caught he caught he caught a, a few shots. Um, but I, did want to say I believe he I had saw seven assists and two turnovers. No, you're all good. Yeah, that that was pretty solid. Um, I will say I saw somebody call him. Oh, Mills wow. with veneers. That is, was, was that you who called him that? Yeah. Um. Somebody in the Discord called him Patty Mill with dentures, but I I, I I took the liberty to replace the word dentures with. Well, Patty Mills is actually right. there's actually somebody so. just posted in the Discord a stat that says Trey Young is shooting worse than Russell Westbrook from three this year. So, ah, well, that's just agony, folks. That is just woo. We we might need to delete some yeah. of those Trey Young takes we had on earlier podcast. No, I'm joking. I guess it's time to move on to the bench. Is oh, that man, cool of you? I was talking my shit too, and it was bad. Yeah, uh, but you know, I will. I will say once again, like you sort of briefly mentioned this, most of the starters looked pretty solid, or at least average. Um, certainly not as bad as the uh, box score might say. The bench was pretty bad today. Yeah, the bench was terrible. Through through. The, the, so, um, I, I think I saw. I think it was Brad Roland, or I don't. I don't remember who, but somebody tweeted that um, the bench didn't have a field goal. Before, like a non-garbage time field goal from anyone besides Kevin Herter. Like Kevin Herter was the only guy off the bench that had a field goal before like five minutes left in the fourth quarter when the game was already out of reach. So that will uh, that will not do it. That will not. That's not a good formula to win games. Uh, sufficient to say. So you know, n- not great. Not great. You know, it's almost as if all our off-season acquisitions are big money spending to. Improve the bench. It's or they just, like they're all hurt. They're all or, or they're just bad. Coaches, so. <laughs> or yeah, or they're just bad. Or they're just you know, Rondo had. Dude, a nice there was like one Rondo night. pass. He's under the basket. He just throws the shit out of bounds. I'm like, yeah, I I want to die. So yeah, that's it. That was bad. Um, some regular season Rondo today for sure. No, no doubt about it. Brandon Goodwin was 0 for six. So unfortunate that he followed up. One of the best games of his career with an absolute stinker. Um, Tony Snell was the only guy to hit a three besides Cam Reddish, but he did it when, you know, there was pretty much wow, no time Wow, I didn't even realize that as so, a box okay. score left. Jesus Lord. Woo, this team was bad tonight. Like, it literally can't get worse than this tomorrow. Yeah, Herder. I, I will say Herder honestly looked pretty solid. Um, I liked what I saw from him. He, he, again, he's getting to the lane. He hit a bunch of floaters. Like, he shot 5 of 11 and none of them 3, so he was over 4 from 3. So, frankly, for Kevin Herter, that means he shot 5 of 7 from 2 point, like, 2 point in territory. That's pretty good for Kevin. Like, he'll take that. Um, and normally you'd expect him to make a 3 or 2, so that, that is a pretty solid game for a Herter, for sure. But he was really the only guy off the bench that brought anything offensively. So, yeah, it's just a tough game, man. Um, I don't. I think the only guy really worth talking about specifically on the bench would be Akongu, just because it was his uh, his debut. So, yeah, uh, you want to talk about Akongu now? Sure. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, nobody on the they bench. All is worth they all suck. They all suck. Yeah, like Herder was pretty solid again. Um, sort of kept the offense chugging, but besides him, everyone on the bench was just whack. 
All right, so. But Okongwu, he did have a minutes restriction of 15 minutes because this was obviously his debut after being out with that foot injury for a while. He played 14 minutes, was 2 of 6 from the field, had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 turnovers, was plus 1. He was plus 1, everyone. Hang the banner right now. A pretty good debut. I'll be honest. He looked good on defense. Do you think he kind of looks kind of overweight? Or is he just lugging a dump truck of an ass? I mean, he 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 absolutely just. I mean, that thing that thing is that thing's thick, um, dog. Like, I hate to say it, like, I'm I'm not gonna hold that against him. I also have. I I, I can confirm, and your thighs are better than so. his. Like, you had those thighs that like were on the D's Walls music video by Kendrick Lamar. That, that, that is a. That is I mean, you got like Meg the Stallion thighs, I, I like. Body, yada yada yada. Everyone. Yeah, I will say I think after after Jackson and I we went to a Hawks game back in 2019. And uh, afterwards we got back and I remember Jackson told the Discord we're in here is like, "Damn, man, Logan has Meg the Stallion thighs." And I I, I wasn't sure if it's a compliment or if I should be hurt, but you know. I, no, I it's a compliment. Like team, They're so impressive. It's a compliment. I just, I just got You, you got, got thighs like thighs, bigger than my head. So like I was like thoroughly impressed. Maybe that's maybe that's why I like Congo. I mean, he I he's lugging a dump him. truck. But yeah, I, I, I he he you know he doesn't look chiseled. I will say that. Like he like who looks better? Like in terms of uh, just sort of their shape, like how in shape they are, Bruno or Congo? Yeah, Bruno looks better. Bruno looks like he's absolutely chiseled out of marble, whereas Congo looks like halfway between Bruno and Omari Spellman, honestly, right now. But. I don't think it necessarily affected him. Um, again, it'd be nice for him to, you know, just sort of get get back into it. But I get it. He's had a foot injury for the past couple months. It's not easy to, uh, you know, slim down with the foot injury. But, no, he, I think I think you're right. I think he looked pretty promising on defense. I liked what I saw. Offensively, he attempted two mid, mid-ranges, which was kind of fun to see that he is willing to attempt them. Now, neither of them looked great. <laughs> His form looked kind of wonky to me, and neither of them really was close to going in. But again, if if he if he can take mid ranges, and make them somewhat at a somewhat respectable pace this year, that's I think that's a big win. Um, his defense looked pretty solid, I'd say, all things considered. That he's a rookie in his first career game. Um, had that really nice putback dunk that you know was one of the few highlights for the Hawks tonight. And he did have one sort of ugly that 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 that, that, that putback dunk going in the his, season highlight reel. Yeah, for sure. Um, really, really nothing too bad to say about Okongwu. He didn't look awful. He didn't look out of place. He just sort of, you know, he looked a little nervous. He looked a little timid, but that's all right. You kind of, you know, got to gotta shake off the nerves, got to shake off the rust, and it'll happen. I, I, I think I'm excited to see where Okongwu will be by the end of the season and by, you know, the start of next season. I think he's going to be a, a really good center for us. So excited to see. But... What, what I thought he was good. I mean, for the BS debut, yeah. he looked good. He did some impressive stuff. His post game looked nice. He was he was moving well in the post. I mean, once again, the biggest takeaway for me was dump truck in the ass and uh, and that uh and that putback. So it was it was a good game for him. I was impressed by Kongwu. I was I was happy with how he played. I hope he continues it because we do have a bit of a Mickey Mouse matchup for him tomorrow. I mean, it is true though. <laughs> no, yeah. He really should have uh, Cantor and Alcatraz, but we'll have to see. I don't know. I mean, 
Cantor's sort of a weird player. That's sort of the type of player I could see absolutely roasting us. I don't know. Like, I feel like this is that's just sort of the type of player that has given us problems before, and I don't know why. But we'll have to see. But yeah, if there was ever a, a matchup for Okongwu to get some confidence early in his career, I think I think Cantor and whoever the Blazers' third string center would be. I think that I think that's about as good as a, a look as he can get. Actually, let me look up who their who their third string center is. Because I have no idea. Because Nurkic will be out for a few weeks. So they have Ines Cantor. They he's he's injured. I don't even know if he's healthy. Yeah, like always, right? Man, I don't even know. I, they might have to like pull a two-way contract out or something. Who who is the who are the Blazers centers? They have, they have Cantor. They have Nurkic. Those are the only centers on the roster. So I guess they'll be playing Harry Giles there if he's healthy. Um. Or maybe maybe they throw us some Robert Covington uh, center. Look, maybe, if maybe if they, they like line the up Edis Cantor versus Congru Capella, they better score. I'm gonna be heated. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like for sure, the the Hawks need to be looking at using the sort of size in which mismatches because the Hawks are going to be the bigger team tomorrow. The the backcourt for the Blazers is of uh, like notoriously small. Like that's always been the thing. Um. I don't. I don't really know who they're going to be running in their front court besides Covington and Giles and Cantor, and you know Gary Trent Jr. is not massive out there. You know, I, I could. I, I think Hunter could punish him and McCollum a little bit and get him get him on some switches. So, yeah, I think that'll be besides the obvious. Like, hopefully Trey Young plays well. I think that that'll be the key to beating the Blazers tomorrow and getting back on track is just like utilizing our size advantages. Um, in the small forward and center spots, so we'll have to see. But I don't know. I I, I think uh, I'm gonna be honest, Jackson. I think I think that game against the Suns getting postponed you is think a blessing so? in disguise. Because I th- I think I think we we're gonna I think we would have gotten trashed, frankly. You know I, I don't think so. I think that would have been the kickstarter to five straight wins. I, I mean, I, I like the optimism. Usually, I'm the optimistic one, and you're the one that's a little more. We're, we're about we're about two tough, weeks away from me going uh, Doomer, or about a few more games than this. I, I will say, the 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 true the true blessing is that after this uh, game against the Blazers, the Hawks get an opportunity an opportunity to breathe, maybe get, get some ground back. They play the Timberwolves twice and the Pistons, so. I don't want to jinx it because the last time we said we had an easy schedule, we know how that <laughs> we know how that went, but. You know, if if we can beat the Blazers, we should have good momentum going into three very winnable games. So we'll have to see. But yeah, tough loss tonight to the Jazz. The Jazz just looked like the way, way, way better team, and they are the better team. But it was just it was just a very frustrating how much better they looked pretty much throughout the course of the entire night. Yeah, I'm ready for tomorrow. I think we'll get uh, prediction for the game tomorrow, Logan. You want to do one? I'll do one. We you got. Go oh, I say we win. Yeah. I say Trey gets back on track. Okay. Okongwu and Capella both have good games because we're playing against a Mickey Mouse matchup for them. Mickey Mouse. I'll say I'm gonna go with. I think Hunter and Okongwu will be our best players tomorrow. I think Trey will be okay, not not special. I think he'll. I think he'll be able to take advantage of you know, like Dame and Trey is like the most. Like if you had Dame guard Trey and you had Trey guard Dame, both of them would just drop fifty because. 
they're both so garbage on defense, but so good on offense when the, when they're working. So that that would be a funny matchup. Um, but yeah, I, I think Hunter and Okongu. I think if the Hawks win, which I'm not sure they will, but if they do, it'll be because Hunter and Okongu had good games and and Capella as well, maybe. But that I guess that's my uh, prediction. I'll go with the Hawks win by single digits, just to be kind of optimistic. So we're both predicting wins. Enhance the mood. Well, do we have anything else sure. we need to talk about related to the Hawks, Logan? Or anything you want to get out there for the people? Anything else we need to mention? Uh, I did want to say thank you guys for listening to the uh, episode with it Nikki. It is doing well. It's doing well. Uh, got a lot of support from it. Um, we're glad you guys like the draft content. We're glad... Uh, the 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 Nikki stands. There was there was people. Droves. Somebody retweeted my um, tweet, and because I tagged them in it, they said we all stand at Nikki, and nobody else mentioned me in that. So I guess that is what it is. I'm glad I'm glad I could find I find good guests for you people. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, say what you want about me and Jackson, but we are well, two yeah, for we're, two. We're batting a guess. thousand, dog. You we can talk our shit. Yeah, we we may well, suck we find at our people jobs. who are good at. We should be like podcast scouters. Maybe maybe that's our future. Maybe maybe at some point we just uh, I don't know. Now I feel bad for just calling us bad podcasters. I feel like that's not the good thing to do for the brand. Anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah. Um. So I think Jackson and I have definitely decided that we don't want to just summarize games for podcasts. We I think we want to create one extra episode per week just sort of maybe talking just about random whatever we want to about the hawks or like uh yesterday we sort of had a a draft primer episode so i think you can expect podcasts for every game from us but also like original content basically like during one a bunch of stuff yeah during during some of the uh some of the off days for the hawks so and who knows, with, with how COVID is sort of going through the league, there might be plenty of off days for the NBA coming up soon. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're going to expect uh, nothing but more and more content from us. And uh, I'm like, I'm excited to get into that. So, yeah. And who knows? Maybe that maybe the Hawks will need all the draft content. I mean, if games keep going like tonight and we're roulette. shooting like 19 for three and only two players on our team make threes, then yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying... We will be this bad, but in a Kongu Mobley front court, Oh, don't do that to that me. Sounds, don't get my hopes up. That sounds pretty lethal. Because, I mean, if Mobley can shoot, then shoot. You can play a Kongu oh. at the four. Ooh. Oh! <laughs> Imagine that defense, too. That, that mm. Mm. I'm sorry, John, but listen, bro. We will ship your ass out for Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. But I will say, we do want to have more guests on, so definitely going forward, you can probably expect more guests, because we've had two now, we're two for two, we're batting a thousand, so pretty interesting. So if you know of anyone you'd like to have on, obviously, get at me and Logan on Twitter, you know, we have our Hawks Talks account, we have our own personal accounts, I'm pretty sure you can message both of us, and just give us suggestions on who you want. We want people who are kind of like, not too big, but also... They have to add something to the podcast. Like, we don't want to have to have someone on who's just, like, adding something every five minutes, so. I mean, I mean, if, if you if you can get, honestly, get get Chris Kirshner you, on the pod. Should I we try? For that man. He ruined our boy. Should he we? Ruined should our we? Boy. Are we going to slide in the Kirshner's DMs? Chris Kirshner is a good journalist. He, he, you know, I get it, but. 
that man's voice is not made for podcasting. That is all. That is all I'll say. Um, you know, yeah, man. Uh, you know, always looking for new guests because we we want to just keep uh, keep creating original content, not just summarize games. Um, yeah, we uh, we're excited. We we got we got plenty of stuff coming up. It's a good time to be a, a member of the Hawks Talks community. Or <clears throat> hint, hint, oh, maybe even oh, the Patreon. What about what? How do they join the Patreon, Logan? Well, I'm not super sure on this, but I believe if you are interested in joining the Patreon, you could go to patreon.com/slash hawkstalks. That's H-O-X-T-A-L-K-S. Patreon.com/slash hawkstalks, and there are a couple different tiers there, different price points. You can get different, varying levels of content. The highest tier, you get two extra episodes per month. Um, that's just extra episodes that only you get. You have an $8 tier where you can listen to all our podcasts ad-free. You get shout-outs. You, you're going to get more content in the future because, again, we have more stuff coming out in the coming months for sure beyond just podcasts. So, yeah, I mean, listen, man. It's a good time to join the Patreon. That's all I'm saying. You know, you know. listen, I'm going to say it. You know, uh, we're getting those stimulus checks. Spend some on us. You know? Who? who? <laughs> we're we're <Yeah>. poor. <laughs> you know, It'll give you, it'll warm your heart to support. We are a small business. That's the thing, you know, COVID, we're a very small business, but, you know, we we always appreciate the patronage, patronage. so, yeah, man, Uh, shout out to all our patrons. Thank you to all of them. No, that's definitely enough enough shilling. shilling Obviously, thank you for listening. The numbers have been insane lately, like Logan was saying, but this has been episode 16 of the Hawks Hawks podcast. As always, I'm Jackson, that's Logan. We'll see you on episode 17 tomorrow. Have a great day. Week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this, and peace. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week, and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. Want to save 17 gallons of fuel every thousand miles? You can with the powerful combination of Michelin X1 tires and the Michelin Energy Guard aerodynamic solution on your truck. Michelin X1 tires can reduce rolling resistance up to 30% for more fuel savings. And Michelin Energy Guard helps you control airflow for lower costs per mile. Go to business.michelinman.com slash fuel saver for details and start saving today. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.